Welcome to another episode of the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. In this episode, episode 13, we're going to be breaking down week 7, who to start, who to sit, who we're looking at, picking up, whatever is left on the waiver wires, maybe do a little dumpster diving. There's some gold in there still. There is always a fantasy gem to find somewhere. For example, last week, one of my leagues, Mike Kosicki sitting there like a stone in the water, just sitting there, all of a sudden, just scores two touchdowns, has an incredible day, isn't even being used in the Mike McDaniel offense the way that he could be potential trade target for teams. Watch for that. He could be a contributor. So with that being said, we're going to look for this week's Mike Kosicki best we can. Try to find that gem to help set you apart in your fantasy matchups. And with that being said, oh, with that being said, we're still brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. Join us at phantomsportsindustries.com for all your sports section needs on the internet. We have basketball, football, college football, college basketball, hockey. We have all of your sports stories, needs, content, the like. Follow some of our other podcasts on the Phantom Sports Industries family. Just go to the media page there on the website at phantomsportsindustries.com. You'll see all the podcasts there. They do great work as well. If you have enjoyed this one, give them a listen as well. So, also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at FSM underscore fantasy. Love to see you there as we keep getting, churning more content out for you. And that is my spiel. So, let's get started. Here we go. Week seven is upon us. Exciting stuff as always as we look at the week that is upcoming. A couple of things to watch out for starting out this upcoming week are buys. We have the Eagles, the Rams, and the Bills. So... No Josh Allen, no Gabe Davis, no Stephon Diggs, no Devin Singletary, no Isaiah McKenzie, Dawson Knox, Khalil Shakir. Not that you were playing him. Rams, only one I'm really concerned about is Cooper Cup. Teams that have Daryl Henderson might have him as a depth back. Uh, Something to watch out for on that front. That'd be pretty desperate straights if he was your starting running back. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. You guys enjoy the off week while we sit here scratching our bald spots where to supplement your production. Eagles, likewise. It was fun while it lasted, but 
Now we have to take your week off. Jalen Hurts, incredible defense. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Boston Scott, just kidding, Miles Sanders. Nobody rosters Boston Scott except for Boston Scott. So, sorry, that was a low blow. My bad, Boston. I think you're a stud. I wish you got more goal line touches. Actually, never mind. Jalen Hurts should get them. With that being said, uh, let's look at our first game on Thursday, the Amazon Prime Bowl of the week on Thursday. We have New Orleans traveling to Arizona. And I asked to start it off with New Orleans, who is still in a world of injury peril right now. Um, At least you have Alvin Kamara, who is a bright spot there should have himself a pretty good game against the likes of the Cardinals, I should say. And outside of that, Michael Thomas is still listed out. Chris Olave is still listed out, but he has been a go at practice this week. Saints defense is a go. Taysom Hill, I think he is a go. This feels like one of those weird games. And I've heard some interesting concepts with Taysom Hill, that he should be evaluated kind of like a more so a running back than a tight end. No, he's going to say, Brandon, why are you stealing from the fantasy footballers? But I want to get this information to you too because it is worth noting that Taysom Hill, when does he ever line up as a conventional wide receiver? It's a fair argument. So watch out for him. This could be a weird week. I really want to start Chris Olave in this game. But there is a chance that it might not be the best case scenario for him, considering that he would be technically wide receiver one, and Arizona has a lockdown corner that has not been allowing wide receiver ones to do their thing. You look at the past couple of weeks, Arizona against wide receiver ones has been successful, has been, have been successful. The rest of Arizona, though, kind of has been. Um, yeah, the, it, the Arizona's defense does make some plays, so to to ignore them would be foolish. And switching things over to the Arizona side of the ball, I'm not sure. I think you have to play Eno Benjamin on the off chance that something goes right, but I'm looking for other options. Personally, I what I saw last Sunday was enough to make me shy away. From him, DeAndre Hopkins should be back. Um, He's healthy, which will be awesome. After he was taking his PEDs, he is now back in the lineup. Marquise Brown is out. um, And I don't anticipate Rondell Moore and Robbie Anderson to take too much away from DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be highlighted in this game. Kyler Murray is going to target him heavily, which should be interesting seeing how the Saints defense reacts to that. I would be playing DeAndre Hopkins in this game that he would be actually honestly probably one of the best fantasy starts. So it should be interesting to see how um, how Arizona handles that. 
not Arizona, how the Saints handle DeAndre Hopkins. So in the interim, we shall see. James Conner still has the Q tag on him. I think he won't play. There's a chance he does play a little bit, but he's just he's just not as reliable. So I would be confident in just not playing him altogether. But if you have no other choice and his couple of touches make the difference for you, be my guest, but I am steering clear. And that's my Thursday night football analysis. Yeah, defense for the Cardinals, uh, steer clear. Uh, I th- it'll be interesting. I don't know. I feel like I have to play Chris Olave on one of my teams, but the more I'm looking at it and like analyzing it, the more I'm a little nervous too. So I haven't made a decision yet. Um, follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy. I'll let you know how I'm feeling pregame if I'm playing him or not. And we shall see. We shall see. They just got everybody coming in there. Corey Clement's on the roster now. Corey Clement. Shout out Badger. Badgers. Uh, hmm. JJ Watt too. Not really interested in this Cardinals team. Kyler Murray could do some special stuff. Uh, they're going to have to make plays. Him and DeAndre Hopkins are going to have to make plays to win this game. I ultimately think that the Saints will win, but it's in in Arizona. It's not like they're... Yeah, I'm spending too much time on this game. I'm overthinking this one too much. Know who's good, know who's bad, and put those guys in positions to succeed on your roster. Confident that if you're listening to this podcast, you put in that extracurricular analysis to see who would be the guys to play and who wouldn't. So that's what I, that's what I best 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 advice I can give. I think Alvin Kamara best player in this entire matchup that has the potential to do something special. So with that being said, let's go to the Sunday slate, kicking things off on the early slate. We have Cleveland at Baltimore. For Cleveland, the only guys I'm interested in are Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Kareem Hunt. Those four, that's it for me at least. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, you're obviously playing him. Kenyon Drake might be a sneaky start. If you, this, I think he's a break glass in case of emergency. If he's available on your waivers, and you have to play a running back, say for like you have a bunch of guys on bye week or something, scoop him up, insert him. If he hits some home runs, that could be that could be all you need. But I don't know if you have better options, a guy that's going to get a, more carries or more opportunities than him, go for it because Lamar will still play running back if he has to. I saw Mark... Mark Andrews with a Q tag on him today. I think that a lot of teams were giving guys extra rest. So don't worry about him. Yeah, Lamar also has a Q tag. So don't worry about those questionables. Lamar and Mark Jackson will 
be participants in the game on Sunday. And then you're obviously going to play... Well, maybe not obviously. I don't know if anybody else is super obvious on this team, especially after the number that they put up. It's a shame J.K. Dobbins just isn't manifesting the way that we thought he might. Um, Too bad. Yeah. And then I don't really think there's anybody too sneaky on Cleveland that I would even want to touch. It's just kind of not the – it's kind of gross – now, if somebody got hurt, then we could talk about that, but I'm not ready to even consider it. So I've said my piece there. Let's move on to the next game, which is Tampa Bay at the dysfunctional Carolina Panthers. I think that there is a fire sale going on in Carolina, and I think come time trade deadline, Carolina is going to potentially be without Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and anybody else and it seems like the Panthers aren't taking crap from anybody the way they got rid of Robbie Anderson as quickly as they did I mean credit to Robbie Anderson for putting himself in a different situation for the rest of the season for one that that seldom do we see a team pivot that aggressively that quickly so Robbie must have really PO'd some people so I don't know what he said on the sidelines I would love to get the audio from that but I it credit to him because if I'm anybody else on that roster, I'm starting to look at new apartments or new houses, other places around the league, depending on uh, what teams are interested in, you know, making a trade. And the Kansas City Chiefs did some salary structuring on Travis Kelsey, big so one of the bigger, one of the bigger players in the league that had some restructuring and that can only be to accommodate trying to get another dude, maybe Odell as he is visiting teams. Something came out today that Kansas city might be an emerging favorite for him. I don't know. could be interesting. Patrick Mahomes could really use another target. Uh, you know, the likes of OBJ because I doubt if I'm Buffalo, I'm, I need Odell Beckham with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis. So, but Patrick Mahomes could use a better route running target and OBJ would help the rest of those receivers get open too. So enough about that. Carolina, obviously, I am actually looking for what type of garbage I can pick up that is in the depth chart of the Carolina Panthers right now. I'm not sure I want to, but Dante Foreman, Chubba Hubbard could be interesting ones to at least just be interested in or maybe roster if you want to want to see them. Uh, potentially could be some sneaky good pickups because running backs, as we know, it's difficult to find running backs that are going to get the ball a lot. And if this Carolina team goes the direction they're going, they could be it could be it could be really, really bad. And but with really, really bad teams comes really, really cheap fantasy options. And those two are the ones that I'm most interested in. I'm not really looking at anything on their receiving core. I need to see more yet. 
to want to look at that. But Dante Foreman is probably be where I'd start. Trouble Hubbard second, and then anybody else that we start seeing some glimmers from, some flashes in the pan, we'll analyze accordingly as we see it unfold. Tampa Bay, you love their defense. You love Tom Brady, even though I put him on the cell block yesterday. I shouldn't say the cell block, but I'm not afraid of trading him either. I feel like there's fantasy football players that overvalue Tom Brady that you could potentially get other players for. It just depends on what kind of league that you're in. If you're in a league with, you know, just the Tom Brady enthusiasts, <coughs> Patriots fans, uh, that was always something that you could kind of dangle in front of them. That was always fun uh, back when I was in a league with the Patriots fan. Um, just dangle any Patriots player in front of them. and They had some sort of interest. Haven't done, haven't played in a league with a Patriots fan in a while, though. So I don't know. And, and this is Tampa Bay, so some of them are a little salty towards Tom. And so Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, probably the only two I'm really stoked about with this matchup. There's going to be a third that, a third big point score for the Bucks. I'm just not sure who. Chris Godwin's healthy. That's that's a good sign. Russell Gage, Julio Jones has a Q tag on him. Rashad White might be interesting in terms of garbage time, kind of like what Pacheco gets. Pacheco is like the king of getting a ton of running yards when the Chiefs are up big. Rashad White could get that type of role. I mean, he's been getting some opportunities. It's not like he's been riding the bench. So, yeah, I mean, four four rushing attempts, three receptions. Rashad White, because of the nature of this game and it potentially being a blowout, Rashad White well, could get more playing time and more opportunities just because of that. So if you just need somebody to insert and just just because you need production from something – Rashad White might be a sneaky play in your matchup depending on your all your options. I'm I'm just speaking to I'm speaking to like a lot of the players that are desperate for production. Uh, they'll 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 put insert anybody in their lineup at this point. Um yeah, so that could be interesting. The Rashad White play if you want to maybe as like a flex if all of your other options are studs, that could be cool. All your other options have to be top tier though. So, and I wouldn't even put him as a flex in the conventional flex spot because he has an early game. I would put him in the running back spot because if you have a running back that's playing in a a stud running back that's playing in a later game, you put him in your flex spot in case something happens and you have to make a quick pivot in your flex say he gets injured walking down the stairs happens never know so that's my uh that's my carolina take tampa bay at carolina take carolina only player i'm interested in is christian mccaffrey and i'm not even looking at dj Moore anymore um unless i have no other options but even then i would look to see what other options are there so also with Arizona, Rondell Moore, 
could be a sneaky good option too. I failed to mention that with the New Orleans-Arizona matchup. Even though I know that they have a lot of other receiving options, he sometimes is a good second fiddle to the other studs in the receiving core. So that is an option to watch out for as well in the Amazon Prime Bowl on Thursday. Sorry for that caveat there, but I just remembered that I had placed a bid on him in waivers and that that was actually a good one to stash. Moving on to Atlanta traveling up to Cincinnati to face Joey B and Jamar Chase. Uh, Atlanta has been finding weird ways to win games. They're playing a very slobber mouth kind of football just an ugly brand but that's what it's going to take for them to is to be able to win ugly they have to um yeah so kyle pitts i feel for you all you got your touchdown last week that you've wanted for a while but it only came at three receptions and he's going to be touchdown dependent unless something opens up in the offense because I don't think they're going to let Mariota just rip it downfield. So Mariota might be a sneaky good play if you need a quarterback spot filled this weekend. I'm not saying that in I'm not saying that based on the secondary of Cincinnati, it might not be the best idea, but if you have desperate moments and there's no other quarterback options I would I would understand and then Drake London is the receiver that I'd be interested in playing in this matchup potentially it's just it's gonna all depend on where they get the touchdowns production from Caleb Huntley his involvement it has me scratching my head Tyler Algier as well just I don't know it's like they have three running backs in conjunction with Marcus Mariota Caleb Huntley Tyler Algier so the the opportunities are going to be there I just I just honestly would just steer clear of any Falcons to be frank I just don't want them I feel bad talking about them there's going to be production from somewhere but this team is so unpredictable they're going to find a way to win and somebody un, unexpected, unexpected is going to get involved. But as in terms of who, I'm not certain. So understand if you're the Kyle Pitts owner, you feel obligated to play him. I don't know if I would at this point, though. This has been so inconsistent. I'm so glad I didn't draft him where his rank was because and I, I kind of wanted to really bad. So I feel for all you Kyle Pitts owners. Then moving over to the Cincinnati side, I feel like the big question mark here is what type of T. Higgins there will be. So he has a Q tag along with Jamar Chase, but I think that everybody's questionable right now. That's worth their weight, except for Joe Burrow. I like, obviously, oh, Joe Mixon too. So Joe Burrow is a must start. He has been the best one of the better quarterbacks this fantasy season I I shouldn't say better but he puts up positive numbers he's probably I think him and Jalen Hurts are kind of on the same 
level. Obviously, Jalen Hurts plays a different style, but I'm talking about from like a points perspective. Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts have had similar kind of trajectories this season. Joe Burrow has the potential of doing a little more because he has the capability of slinging it a little better. But and then Jamar and then Jalen Hurts just has the running ability and what he does at the goal line. So that being said, just different different strokes for different folks in terms of quarterback play. But Joe Burrow finds a way to get it done. So he is a must start. Jamar Chase must start. Joe Mixon must start. T. Higgins must start. Hayden Hurst depends on your tight end options. And I've seen a lot of people inserting Tyler Boyd in their lineups because they just need production from somewhere due to it being a bye week. And he has the opportunity occasionally, as he did against uh, the Saints, where he had six receptions. So I understand if you need to just insert somebody at receiver, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better option on the waivers, especially on an explosive offense, the likes of the Bengals. So it's all going to depend on what uh, Zach Taylor calls for Joe and what they're going to look like. So that is Atlanta at Cincinnati. And then you have Detroit traveling to Dallas. So let's start with Dallas first because they're the easiest. Ezekiel Elliott is a start. And C.D. Lamb is a start. Dak Prescott is coming back this weekend. So we shall see what he looks like. I'm going to pump the brakes on playing him until I see him finish the game. Then we can talk next week if he is worth playing down the stretch. I think that the Cooper Rush game is over. This is actually really good probably for Dalton Schultz especially. So that should increase his target share with Dak coming back. That that would be a good sneaky tight end start. But it seemed like Ferguson got more of those targets for them, which is interesting. Another Wisconsin Badger. Shout out. Jalen Tolbert pass. Noah Brown pass. Michael Gallup maybe. Depends on how desperate I need a receiver. Tony Pollard. It's just too unpredictable. I wish I could confidently start him consistently because the games that he goes off in are just so awesome if you need a, if you need some element of risk in your lineup or just a little volatility in your roster your starting roster portfolio play a little tony pollard see what you get out of it of course only if you have everything else locked in and you know that you can rely on those guys so then moving over to Detroit. Oh, obviously Dallas defense must start. Best defense in fantasy. One of them. But they I I yeah. I would I wish I had their defense. Yeah. That would be awesome. So Amon Ross St. Brown. Check. DeAndre Swift still questionable with his shoulder injury. If he's a go, he is a check. TJ Hawkinson, check. 
Jamal Williams, check. It's all going to depend on what it looks like. I don't know if I'm confidently starting Jamal Williams, but I think I would want him in an RB2 because if those goal line opportunities come up and it's not swift, you're going to feel dumb. Jared Goff, maybe. I could see you wanting him depending on your situation. So that would be take it as you come. DJ Chark, maybe. Josh Reynolds, if he's a go, yes, he was limited in practice with a knee injury. And all these guys are questionable. But Josh Reynolds seems to be wanting that, getting that connection from Jared Goff. So, yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to see Chark yet. But I honestly, I think that Detroit's going to want to put points on the board after getting shut out but will they be able to do it against the defense the likes of dallas dallas's defense might get interceptions quite a bit just because the lions are gonna want to play a little aggressive i feel like and turn this game this game could turn into a shootout it i that's i feel like the lions way of winning games because they can't be confident in their defense to be able to get the stops that they need and if there's a lot of points, which would not be in favor of the Lions, because I think that Dallas has a few more playmakers than them, it could really it could really be interesting. But I think Dallas might just dominate this game because of their defense overwhelming them. We'll see though. It's football. Anything can happen. Pittsburgh, who we thought was down in the dumps, beat Tampa Bay. So anything can happen. Next up, we have the New York Giants traveling to Jacksonville. I like Wandale Robinson in this particular game probably the most for the Giants. So that would be one, two, insert. Also, Saquon Barkley, although he is questionable today, but if he's a go, you're going to play him. He's been the top, one of the top if not the top running back option in fantasy. And then anybody else? Daniel Jones, sneaky start if you need a quarterback. I like Daniel Bellinger. I'm not sure how he's going to look again this week, but his involvement in the offense is noticeable. So I would I would not be afraid of starting him if I needed some production in a bye week scenario. So he's an option that I feel is safe at tight end because he's out there a lot and they design plays for him. So that's about it from the Giants side. Saquon and Wandell, though, top two and maybe the only two. So it all depends on what you need. Jacksonville then, Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, Etienne might be overtaking that backfield from James Robinson. We'll see. We're learning more and more each week based on what has been going on. It seems as though there might be a change at the guard. And if that is the case, James Robinson owners, whew, it's not looking good for you. Uh, 
that would have been one of those situations that it wouldn't have hurt to have traded him high in week three. Hindsight always twenty twenty, but who knows, right? Like, who? How are you supposed to know where some of these guys are supposed to be? Like production. I feel like though teams tend to favor the younger back, so I guess we should have seen it coming if Etienne proved that he was going to be any sort of model consistency. So Evan Ingram is a safe tight end insert if you need that. And if he's available, some people might already have him. I'm not playing Jermichael Hasty, even though he had that awesome touchdown run against the Colts. Zay Jones, if he's available, it's not the worst start. If you really need some options, he is he is there. But yeah, Christian Kirk is probably the best option. And outside of that, not really looking at much else. Etienne is good RB2. Trevor Lawrence is a good start. It, it all is going to depend on what kind of game they play. I think that Giants are the better team here based on what we have seen in terms of Brian Dables ability to just kind of win any game Giants and Falcons just find ways to win and they're they have similar issues just from a roster perspective just they have the holes to fill I'd say the best thing Giants have going for them is they have a guy like Saquon that they can hand the ball off and magic could happen at any given time so I don't know that's my take on it Indianapolis is at the Tennessee Titans. I like Michael Pittman in this one. Jonathan Taylor's availability is still questionable. It was questionable around this time last week. It looks like he could be ready to come back. He was limited participant. Naheem Hines practiced. Deion Jackson was also limited, but if Jonathan Taylor is available. It it he, you're not playing anybody else. It's gonna be game time decision for him, I bet. But if he's a go, you gotta play him. And then if he's not a go, um, Naheem Hines would be the play. And if Naheem Hines isn't a go, then we have to turn to Deion Jackson again. So I'm not sure. Colts defense against Tennessee. I don't think I'd play them. Alec Pierce, yes. Um, And then Matt Ryan is probably the best waiver wire quarterback I would put in this week, depending on what your roster needs. So that's a place filler for your starting quarterback if you need one. And we'll see, though. If... If that was just a one-week thing, I hope it wasn't, but could have been. So then switching things over to the Tennessee side, it's Derrick Henry or bust. Robert Woods has been getting more involved in the offense. Good wide receiver two option there. Should see some production as the weeks go on. It's going to depend on the game, though. Obviously, the Titans don't throw the ball a whole lot, especially deep plays, not a whole lot. And that's about it. Um, not really interested in Tannehill, Hilliard, maybe defense, who knows? Austin Hooper, no. I just don't, yeah, I just staying away. So that's the Tennessee Titans in a nutshell. 
Then Green Bay is at Washington, the Washington Commanders. So I'll start with them. Taylor Heineke getting the start. Now that would be a sneaky start because he has nothing to lose with whatever he does. He's just going to go out there and sling it. So Taylor Heineke, an option. I say he's an option. And then outside of Taylor Heineke, if Taylor Heineke has that rapport with McLaurin, so I think McLaurin could get some more involvement. You got to give Curtis Samuel a potential shot just based on what he has been capable of. Obviously, down week against the Bears, but Taylor Heineke likes to likes to sling it, so we'll see what happens. Antonio Gibson, we'll see what he does with his opportunities, and if Brian Robinson is the starter, he should get more. J.D. McKissick, always good for a couple points a game, especially with Heineke tossing the rock. And then I am not playing their defense against the Packers because I think that Green Bay could have a get-right game and absolutely smoke these guys. But it could also be close, too, because it's just been a weird year where not a lot of touchdowns have been scored. So Aaron Jones is a start. Alan Lazard's start. Aaron Rodgers is a start. A.J. Dillon, I want to say start, but if you have some better options... Don't be afraid to utilize them. Just all depends on what their production is and what their opportunities are. And then Romeo Dobbs, start. Robert Tanyan, start. And that is my Packers analysis for this week. Obviously, being a Packers fan, this is interesting. And I'm anxious to see who else gets involved with this offense because they're going to need somebody else from the receiver side to come back. Sammy Watkins was uh was coming back and practicing, but I'm not I don't know why the Packers picked up Sammy Watkins and I wouldn't put him in a fantasy. So I gave you my fantasy options from the Packers and if you have better ones, I don't blame you for playing them. But this is the Washington Commanders we're talking about and I'd like to think that the Packers offense has a little more firepower than the Bears. So, oh, also might be a good, it might be a good play for the Packers defense, but it could also be a bad play. It all depends on what kind of game that we get out of it. So we'll know on Sunday, that's for sure. And so with that, we're going to take a quick break. That was the early slate. And next up, we will look at the afternoon. Well, not the afternoon. It's all in the afternoon, but we'll look at the evening slate next hey do you want to invest in your favorite players like stocks well with prediction strike you can now this app prediction strike you can buy and sell shares and athletes and build a portfolio based on who is going to perform in their games or just your favorite players download the app and use the code PHANTOM with an F, all capitals, when you sign up. Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. 
Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. All right. With that, we are back. So let's take a look at our first game on the evening slate, New York Jets visiting Denver. And the two things, I'll start with the Broncos first. As you heard in the last episode, I am not thrilled with their performance. And I'm curious if it has to do with coaching or Russell Wilson. It's one or the other. I'm not sure who, but all I know is ownership, a.k.a. Walmart family, not too thrilled with the way things are going, probably, considering that they just purchased the team. So something's got to give. It's not going to be Russell Wilson because you just paid him, but it might be Nathaniel Hackett and company. And I don't, it's not like Denver can, Denver can fire Nathaniel Hackett, but it's going to be difficult because I think their whole coaching staff is pretty relatively new in all of their roles, essentially. So be pressed to let him go. And then you have another first time head coach there as well. So I think that this team just has to figure it out. I'm very frustrated with Denver, as you heard in the last episode. I want nothing to do with them on my roster. I'm struggling to want to play Cortland Sutton, but I feel like I might have to just because he does merit that play. Um, The two things going for Broncos that we can be guaranteed 100% is that they're playing at altitude and they have a phenomenal defense. Now, another sneaky start this week, I said, is the New York Jets defense just because of the way that Denver's offense plays. And they took it to the Packers last week, New York Jets uh, defense and special teams. And I hate to compare Denver with the Packers, but the Packers have been just as inefficient as Denver in certain capacities. They just have a better record. So... I'm not sure who to go with. I think if you have Sutton, most likely you're playing him. Latavius Murray and Boone should be rostered just in the off chance that they get that new lion share in that backfield. I don't know if Melvin Gordon is the is the is is ousted. I heard well I saw he was like favoriting like fantasy football tweets. He was going full tilt on Twitter after the game, after getting benched uh, on the Monday night game. And he's like crying in the locker room. I mean, shoot, it just stinks to see that. You know, seeing my former Badger just get, just get, I don't know. It, 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 he hasn't been very consistent either, though. So it's not like we can just say um, Denver was making a mistake, but I think he would have helped them. I don't know why they stopped playing him, but. There could be more issues going on than what I know. And then Hackett said that him and Gordon had a talk after the fact uh, to uh, Tuesday, whatever. But uh, this Denver team, they have no idea what they're doing. There's too many chefs in the kitchen, I feel like. And it, it's like I said, like they must look incredible in practice because the way they go out there in games, it is just not so. And defense when the defense is doing what they're doing people in the locker room are talking because 
This now is coming back to the offense. It's similar to when Carson Wentz was in Philly and, you know, Jalen Hurts was looking probably a little better in practice than Carson Wentz was. You know, peop, the guys in the locker room start talking like, what if such and such plays or what if, you know, so-and-so plays? What if X, Y, and Z happens? Or what if, um, you know, it, it, the players in the locker room for Denver have got to be talking because the way that defense has been playing has been incredible. They have not. They have been shutting teams down, and the offense just has done nothing to help them. So we'll see what happens um, from Denver. You're definitely playing Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, because you still know that Russell Wilson is a quarterback. At this point, if you haven't found other alternatives to Russell Wilson, what are you doing? It, I, You have to be given other people to try at this point. And you know what? Sometimes Russell Wilson will surprise you and have a game that will blow up. But I I am no longer starting Russell Wilson as a quarterback until I can have confidence in his abilities week in and week out. I need to see I need to see an incline. So if he has a good performance against the Jets defense that's been playing very well and took it to the Packers, then maybe I'll give him a shot. But I am not really interested. So, yeah, this team is is all out of whack. I do, I do like the tight end Greg Dulcich though. He he has a pretty cool uh, disposition. Just seems like a pretty chill dude. Kind of the Gardner Menchu of tight ends, so to speak, in the way he carries himself. Well, let's let's take a look and see what happens. There are people were talking about him. It was the first game he played last week against, or this on Monday night against the Chargers, and he had a touchdown, two receptions, 44 yards. He is one to at least put on your watch list, see if he does it again, because that could be a trend. And that is all I can confidently say about the Denver Broncos, but I'm playing Cortland Sutton, playing Jerry Judy, playing defense, and that's about it for, for, for my taste in fantasy for the Denver Broncos and then switching things over to the New York Jets. Now they, they could be a sneaky defensive play. Um, I still feel like you have to play Brees Hall because of what he's shown he's capable of. And, and Michael Carter is probably going to get some playing too. Although he did not do all that great. Um, I, I think he's second fiddle to Brees Hall now. So, you might want to pump the brakes when it comes to starting him. Maybe start looking for some other options. It's I think that it's going to take a Brees Hall injury for Michael Carter to get the production that we thought he might get. It, and maybe he has he a smaller back, so it's not like we were expecting him to be the do, to be the main guy. He still has a high projection, but I don't think he's going to do what Brees is doing. Brees is too versatile in the run and pass game. So then you got uh, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. I'm not sure what their receiving potential is going to be because Patrick Sertan leading that Denver Broncos secondary, they are lethal. So I wouldn't be playing many receiver options. Tyler Conklin, not the worst play. He's had some regression the past couple of weeks from his – initial season start but yeah he it hasn't been good but I could see if if you're confident in the rest of the guys on your roster 
you could play a worse tight end. I'm not playing Zach Wilson yet because he hasn't been trusted to throw the ball. Uh, and that's my New York Jets take. But hats off to them because a couple of years ago, I don't even think I was considering any players on their roster. It would You would have had me really kind of pinch in my pinch in my cheeks to have to start anybody on the New York Jets. And now they have a very, uh, you know, Sala, Coach Robert Sala has been calling them the baby Jets. And they're the youngest team in the NFL, but they're feisty and they play well. They'll make a lot of mistakes. So we'll see if they can go into Denver and pull out a win. Got a win. That, that win on the road at Lambeau really probably boosted their confidence that I think that they might be worthwhile betting even and the money line at Denver because bet Denver's favored I haven't looked at the bets yet though so that's my probably one of my most interesting matchups that I'm looking forward to watching is Jets at Denver then uh going to the next uh next matchup we got the Houston Texans traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders big question marks here what is Las Vegas going to look like coming out of the bye week you're obviously playing Josh Jacobs. He has been incredible playing on his contract year. Love to see that from a running back. Devontae Adams didn't get suspended for his photography incident that he had at Kansas City. So he is a must start. And then Hunter Renfro looks to be back from his concussion. And he would be a start just because this is the Houston Texans we're talking about. And then Darren Waller still with the Q tag. But if Darren Waller's a go, you're starting him. And then I'm also starting Derek Carr this week because of the matchup against the Houston Texans. I'm confident that with McDaniel's offensive play calling and the targets that Derek Carr gets to throw to, that there should not be an issue with him getting a couple touchdown passes getting some good yardage. He was get, making those big plays against Kansas City, and Denver is going to open up. Or not Denver. The Houston Texans are going to give him those opportunities to throw the ball around the yard. Then moving over to the Houston side of the ball, I love Damian Pierce, Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. Rex Burkhead, you know, he's so tough to predict, and I had him, I had him on my roster kind of uh, just so nobody else had him, but it was a wasted space. So I sent him off to the waivers, thanked him for his service as a locker room guy for my fantasy team. And uh, outside of that, I'm not really interested in anybody else. Can't really say, you know, we had the one OJ Howard game and it's not like Raiders have been incredible against tight ends, but I just don't think that it's going to be the best fit. And Raiders have been the worst defense against passing. So Davis Mills, if you wanted to start him taking some of that edge, I I wouldn't, but there's that for you. Raiders, worst against quarterbacks in the league. So cool. Moving over to Seattle, traveling to the Los Angeles Chargers in SoFi. Seattle has been playing those weird games and Geno Smith, I like him as a waiver wire start just because he has come in and been competitive with these games. So 
I'm playing him in one of my leagues. I played him last week in one of my leagues. It wasn't very productive, but you got to think with the likes of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that he has the capabilities to go off and toss the rock around. I'm curious, though, with the emergence of Kenneth Walker and his tackle-breaking ability, he's going to be able to get a lot of yards. And, um, you know, we retweeted that PFF tweet uh, that had him and Damian Pierce being the two lead rookie tackle breakers. And Kenneth Walker just picking up right where he left off at Michigan State now that he's healthy and now that he has the opportunity with Rashad Penny on IR Kenneth Walker's must start every week now just because of that opportunity that he is going to get. This is his backfield and let's look let's let's just enjoy watching him own it. Um yeah, that's all I can really say. They will have to throw him the ball sometimes on dump offs, so that's why I still like Geno Smith. I saw a lot of people picking up Noah Fant. He has a cute tag on him. I'm not really buying him. He had he's I mean, he is getting more targets in the offense but let's we need to see some of that translate to touchdowns last week he had six receptions is that going to continue that's the question you love to see him grow in his role as and he is hitting that stride that you would want to see in a tight end being a multi-year guy now because tight ends one of those positions it takes a while to you know integrate yourself be more available but then Will Disley will sometimes come in and just be like, no, I'm the touchdown scorer in the tight end room. So what will happen? It's tough to it's tough to gauge in the tight end room for the Seattle Seahawks. And that's why I would steer clear. But if you need somebody, no offense, probably been one of your top options that you could look at and put him in your lineup. And then also in the other well, this is kind of the same market. Kansas City traveling to San Francisco. And so Patrick Mahomes and company will look to do their thing in Santa Clara. And I really don't know what to think about this matchup. San Francisco's defense banked up. They did not play to expectations against the Falcons. So I'm sure there's an element of them wanting to rebound from, from that matchup. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we like Travis Kelsey every week. He's our best tight end in fantasy football. We like Patrick Mahomes. We like Clyde Edwards Lair as an RB2. And I think you are going to give Juju that start. Yeah, I think you're going to give Juju a start just because he has been getting that rise in fantasy. It's not every week, but it is showing that he is becoming a target that Patrick Mahomes can rely on. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that's a high projection for him for what he does. I would not be, yeah, I am not buying him at all. He had three targets against Buffalo. None of them translated catches. I would take McCole Hardman over Valdez-Scantling. Um, yeah, Ian Sky Moore. Even, what's his name, Christian Watson? Yeah, oh, Justin Watson, my bad. There's a lot of guys that take, maybe not that. Okay, I'm reaching a little bit. Marquez Valdez-Scantling still has speed. He still can run block, but it's just not been what you would want from a fantasy production perspective. And if Juju is going to be that target, then Valdez-Scantling's just running dummy routes the rest of the week. So 
we'll see though they're both out there they're both doing their thing and ultimately Travis Kelsey's going to get if there's opportunities for him to get the ball Patrick Mahomes is not going to shy away from him as his main target so that is what we have from the Kansas City side of the equation Isaiah Pacheco is only good in garbage time and Jarek McKinnon is just a change of pace he is not a focal point so they could still like talk about a team that I don't know if they'd benefit from having Christian McCaffrey because Patrick Mahomes would probably like to check, check out and like throw it more than check down. But I guess you know you you evolve your offense to your personnel, so he would benefit there. Um, but this isn't a uh, let's see where Christian McCaffrey could go and what that would look like podcast. This is fantasy football, so we have the players in the games that they're going to play in week seven, and that's what we focus on. For the Niners, you got Debo, Samuel, you're playing him, you're playing George Kittle, Jeff Wilson, um, production, his, he's definitely up there from a threshold perspective. His projection is really high, but I'm not really buying it. If he does not do what he's supposed to do, I'm not sure who's going to take that backfield because we had the Tevin Coleman game in Carolina, but it just, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I feel like if you have Jeff Wilson, you kind of need him to start. And I think he'll need a rebound game. Will that happen against Kansas City, who sometimes struggles against the run? I don't know, but it, it might be your move. So give him a go if you have him. I I think that the Niners will need him to win. And then I'd also give Brandon Ayuk a go. Uh, I know that he had that game, two touchdowns last week, but... I feel like it's a good opportunity for him to to um, to just get more opportunities. Good opportunity for more opportunities. But that's every Sunday, so it's going to depend on what what Kansas City is going to show the Niners in the defensive side of the ball, because we all know how versatile Debo is. It's it, Debo is automatic. Brandon Ayuk is week to week, depending on the matchup. So we'll see what happens. I would start both of them, though, if I had them because they're both going to get something and they're both going to garner at least some production for your team. You'd be hard-pressed to find other options that could be better on your waivers right now unless you knew something from the inside of a building that we all don't. And then we have Pittsburgh traveling to Miami. Chase Claypool had a good game last week. Is that repeatable? I truly don't know because it seems like Chase Claypool has himself a game at least a couple times a year, and nobody knows when that's going to be. And I, th- it's just... And Miami has a good secondary, so I'm not certain if I want to play him, but I understand if you want to take advantage of the hot hand, and if that is the case then good on you for seeing that when your opponents didn't. Pickett is still in concussion protocol. He was cleared to participate in practice today as of Wednesday. So we'll see who's going to get the nod. If I like Pickens too, I think I would play him if I had him on my team. And obviously you're playing Deontay Johnson if you have him. 
because he is a target slash automatic reception machine. And then Najee Harris, despite his regression in production, you are starting him if you have him as well. Pat Fryermuth still with the Q tag, but if he's good to go, I would play him as well on the off chance anything can happen because that's fantasy football. So that is my Pittsburgh Steelers take. And, you know, Tomlin just finds a way to make it happen. Miami, though, they talk about a team that ever since that Bills win, that win against the Bills, they have just been a fall from where they were. Two is out of concussion protocol. Looks like he is ready to play on Sunday against the Steelers. So any Tua owners, you're feeling up to it. You know, I'm sure he's going to want to make a statement that he's okay. And Tua seems like the kind of guy that's not going to, like, sue his team or do anything like that. He's just looking at him and his family. They seem to be all about ball from the time he was at Alabama, his brother at Maryland. I think his brother's had a bad injury. Uh, Hope he gets better soon. But that's too bad for their family because both of them are such, you know, dynamic quarterbacks in their own, you know, their own respective right. But, yeah, it's football. It's a game of injury. It happens. It's a violent game. Those defenses, they're trained killers. Whether you want to to say that it's a game, but – there's violence to it, and you can't deny that. So, you know, we obviously look at it from the fantasy perspective, but those are human lives that we're kind of betting on. So you got to also respect them for the entertainment and opportunity that they give us. So, I mean, they get paid millions for it too, though. So let's not, you know, let's not treat them with kids' gloves always because they're adults that have to make decisions as well. So you got to look at it, you know, you got to look at it unbiased. Now, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert has been the majority backfield owner, but it's not like Chase Edmonds is some bum, but he might just not get it in the Mike McDaniel offense, which is why he hasn't gotten the opportunities that Mostert did because Mostert and Mike McDaniel, coach Mike McDaniel were together in San Francisco. So this could just be a bad fit for Chase Edmonds from an offensive philosophy side, even though he went to Miami because he thought that was the offensive philosophy he wanted to be in. But now it's kind of it's the opportunities just aren't there. He's going to get a couple reception opportunities every game and he's going to be touchdown dependent. I, I had him, I thought he was going to have a better year personally. So I did put in the draft capital for him, but now I am benching him for guys that have bigger and better opportunities before them. Just going to get the amount of carries that you want from a running back. He is not doing it. Mike Gesicki, sneaky pickup. I'm surprised. I've seen him picked up in a lot of leagues. People will insert him, but I, to play, I don't know if he's going to do what he did on Sunday because if you look at his previous three weeks, there's not a lot of opportunities. I don't think he's a right tight end fit for this offense, and I think that might be why, but yet he still finds ways to get production in certain areas. So who would I play? Only Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert. That's who I would play only. Um, Who is your quarterback? Give him a shot. He is going to want redemption from his 
previous situation. He wants to show everybody he's okay. And as a football player, I would too. I get it. Next up, we have the this Monday night gem, Chicago, traveling to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. This game, I mean, shoot, if the Pats were able to goose egg the Lions, they should not have an issue goose egging the Chicago Bears. Uh, this is, and, and we shouldn't say that they're necessarily going to be goose egged because they have been able to put up points, and you have to think that they've improved from every all the other garbage that they've had to bounce back from. So let's look for if we're going to play anybody, it's going to be David Montgomery. That's about it. Uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, no, not really interested, and Khalil Herbert is still taking a backseat to David Montgomery, who is the only guy I'm interested in starting because he is getting the bulk of the carries. So that's about it for the Chicago side. We're not playing receivers. We're not playing tight ends. We're not playing Justin Fields. We're definitely not playing a defense there. So Chicago, tough stuff. I think they're better than Carolina at least, though. Then on the New England side of the ball, Ramondre Stevenson is the beast back that he is. We had hoped he would be. I wish I had him on my team. I really like his style. The Pats are giving him the rock over 15 times a game in the past two games. He had 25 carries in Detroit, 19 carries against Cleveland. I think that this is the Patriots' recipe to winning games, and they're going to continue doing as such. I really like Tyquan Thornton. I can't justify picking him up yet. Uh, Maybe in Dynasty, if I have room on my team for him, that would be the best situation I could think of for Tyquan. He was the fastest rookie wide receiver, and they seem to be finding ways to get him the ball to make plays. But he's not alone in that receiving core because you have Jacoby Myers, target machine on this offense, and Devontae Parker, who makes big plays as well. Hunter Henry is a safe tight end option if you need somebody to insert into your lineup just as a filler. And I think that New England's defense is the best defense to start this week for sure. So that's the Monday night game. And that's that's it for our week seven slate. So that was a lot of fun just reviewing it all with you. I am nervous about some of my teams in my leagues this weekend. I know that I have won in one matchup this weekend. I'm playing against the other top team in the league. So it's me and this other team that are the top two teams. So it's going to be a head-to-head matchup. And I'm still trying to figure out who I all want to play in certain areas. So I have a lot of work to do the next couple of days. Oh, another sneaky pickup, Kyron Williams. If you have an IR spot on your on your team, Kyron Williams for the Rams, with Cam Akers being traded and Daryl Henderson not necessarily being the top guy, Kyron Williams is coming back this season for the Rams, and I think we should look for him to get some production. So if you have an IR spot in your league, pick him up, stash him, and you know who knows what could happen at the end of the season. He could end up helping you win your league. So 
don't hesitate to give him a chance. And you never know what could happen. This is what I did with Brian Robinson. And now I have him on my team. And who, depending on what happens, I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries for the commanders the rest of the season. So who's to say that this guy, the Rams aren't sold on Henderson at all. They still threw Cam Akers in there. So who knows what could happen when you give Kyron Williams a shot. I'm very curious to see what this trade deadline is going to look like. I think it's going to be pretty active because I think there's a lot of teams that are missing key pieces and they might go after they might go after different pieces to rejuvenate their offenses to get more production in certain areas to improve their depth chart. I look for the Packers to potentially make a move. Kansas City, the Rams will try to make a move. There's going to be some trades that will change certain outcomes of certain teams and certain outlooks of how we view fantasy uh, players that have been success on their respective teams. So just stuff to watch out for the next couple of weeks. And uh, with that being said, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at FSM underscore fantasy. Also Instagram and TikTok. This has been a lot of fun. We'll have more fun if you come on phantomsportsindustries.com for any of your sports section needs on the internet. And this is Brandon with the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you all had a great time. We'll see you on the next episode. And good luck in your matchups this weekend. Peace. sell some old sports equipment or maybe you're trying to buy some for a sport that you're getting into or temporarily replace some broken stuff check out sideline swap it's the best place to buy and sell new and used gear accessories and various sports equipment all you have to do is sign up you can go to our website phantomsportsindustries.com under our partners tab click their image and sign up today or do so in the app. From there, all you do if you're looking to sell is upload some images, put a price on it, and go on from there. If you're looking to buy, all you do is tell somebody that you're interested. Again, that's sideline swap. All you have to do is sign up today.